Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, the heart of hearing. Reed files suit against his dad, Bruce, whose hearing isn't as good as it used to be. Bruce doesn't want to get hearing aids. Reed says he should at least try them out. Who's right, who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents the obscure cultural reference. Oh, I'm acting the goat. I'm acting the goat, am I? This, well, this is too much. I, I demand an apology. You have no right to say such a thing. Acting the goat. You dare say such a thing to me? You, you follow me. I'll show you just how I act the goat, slaving for months nonstop, working myself to the bone, all to hear myself called a goat? It's too much. And I suppose these people are acting the goat and the atomic pile never stopping, the uranium being made, the laboratories working day and night. That's all acting the goat too, I suppose. For months, teams of experts have been worked to death acting the goat, of course. Come on, sit down there and don't argue. We're leaving. Make way for the goat. No, stop. We're here. Well, what do you think of that? Look what the goat created. Bailiff Jesse Swearthemann. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God, or whatever? Yes, I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, which is binding, despite the fact that he's not planning on listening to you during the course of this entire hearing, despite perfect ear health? I do. Very well. Judge Hodgman? Welcome back, Bailiff Jesse. It's been a while. Thank you. I hope you've been well. I was well until uh, Paul F. Tompkins replaced me. Oh, no. Uh, in which case, I, I had that realization uh, that anyone who's ever had Paul F. Tompkins fill in for them in anything has had, which is that I am completely superfluous yeah. and probably the worst choice in the world to do my job oh, that I I've know. been doing for four years. I know, I know how you feel. Uh, even, even now, as I speak to you in the cadences of Paul F. Tompkins, there is, <laughs> there is no mustache comedian more superfluous than when it comes to Paul F. Tompkins than I. I might as well, I should just pack it in. Maybe we should just have, like, you know how they say that the information economy is creating a class of people who uh, who are put out of work by the rise of uh, robots and software, uh, and so we have to restructure the economy uh, in order to uh, accommodate the fact that, um, you know, all those people are, are put out of work by late period capitalism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My theory is maybe we should just put Paul F. Tompkins in charge of most things. And then the rest of us, we can just be in charge of, you know, uh, Mai Tais or whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to be part of the Mai Tai division with you for sure. By the way, Paul F. Tompkins is in charge of making the Mai Tais because I bet he makes an amazing Mai Tai. I bet he does. And also thanks to guest bailiff's Gene Gray, also remarkable. Yeah, And our best. good time, summertime bailiff all summer long, Mr. Monty Belmonte of WRSI The River of Jesse. It's been a while uh, since we've had you back in the fake courtroom. You've been very busy. A lot's happened since you were gone. You may know it is now legal to sing the birthday song out loud in public without paying ASCAP or whatever it was. Your birth- like this? Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. I think this is the official fifth birthday. I think the fifth birthday. Roughly, Roughly fifth, fifth birthday, birthday of the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Good job. By the way, uh, it's only legal to uh, sing the birthday song now 
if you are incapable of carrying a tune, which is why <laughs> I'm allowed to sing. <laughs> and as this. Jonathan Colton has so often pointed out, only if you insist on drawing it out to a deathly dirge. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Judge John Hodgman is back in the New York Times Magazine uh, another, as a birthday gift, I think, to the podcast. You can check it out there every week in the bottom right-hand corner of The Ethicist. And uh, I've been on tour with dates all over the country and dates coming up in Orlando and North Carolina and Athens, Ohio. And it has been great to meet Judge John Hodgman listeners on the roads of uh, USA and Canada, including uh, the original Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage couple. Uh, Jesse, I met them in person at a Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage. Well, uh, I think I might be able to beat you, Judge Hodgman. I was at Radio Days in Stockholm, Sweden, yeah. and a man came up to me and said, Jesse Thorne, shut your pie hole. Oh, that's nice. That was very nice. As I stood on the steps of the uh, the Queen West Pizza Pizza, which is a Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage franchise, uh, uh, greeting the fans who had come to my wonderful show in Toronto, and I briefly blocked a man, a Canadian man, as he was entering, and I sort of chuckled, and he went in, and then he turned around, and he said, do you think I'm a joke? <laughs> and I really had to defeat, he really wanted to punch me, and that was one of three times I was almost assaulted on the streets of Toronto. Friendly Canada, my bum. Now, yeah, it's a violent culture. On the to culture the, of violence, not enough fathers. On to the obscure popular culture, as opposed to the equally obscure violent culture of Canada, the obscure popular cultural reference. Uh, before we go on, uh, I was informed by two listeners, both named Paul, Paul Jennings and Carol, that I've been doing everything wrong again. For the past many episodes, when I offer the chance to win an immediate summary judgment by naming the piece of culture that I referenced, I... I have typically given first crack at it to the person who brings the case, a.k.a. the the applicant. Now, one could argue, and Paul and Paul did, that this is an unfair benefit to the applicant. And indeed, the first guest should go instead to the respondent as he or she is the one being dragged into this trial by combat against their will in the first place. Hmm. And initially, I thought, yes, I am wrong. And I really felt bad about it. But then as I was preparing for today, I realized, wait a minute, Paul and Paul, I'm right. I was right all along. Because, yes, the respondent, the respondent does deserve a benefit. But hearing a guess, right or wrong, from the other person is arguably a benefit. It might help the respondent eliminate guesses or tip him or her in the right direction. Because I don't announce who's correct until I hear both answers. And two correct answers would cancel each other out. Okay, so you're wrong, I'm right, Paul and Paul. But from now on, I will let the respondent uh, choose who guesses first. In In other words, Bruce... You're the respondent in this. Your son has drug you into court, fake internet court. So you can choose whether you guess first or read your son guesses first. For an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors, can either of you guess the piece of popular culture, the little uh, embittered monologue that I gave as I entered the courtroom? Bruce, do you want to take a guess now or do you want to yes. take a guess? Okay, go. I believe that that quote came from the Vermont Cheese Farmers Journal. That, okay. Now, I'm not going to say whether that is right or wrong. We don't want to give an unfair advantage to either side here. You said it with, with such uh, 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 authority, Bruce, that I thought for, I, I actually quaked for a moment. I thought, uh-oh, he knows it. Uh, and, and maybe he did. Now, soul, of the pl- soul of the plaintiff. Now, uh, read as, as as the as the plaintiff, as the applicant. Now your chance to guess. Can you guess the 
the source of the little monologue that I gave as I entered the courtroom? Sounds like a uh, cartoon from prior to my birth, but I, I couldn't <laughs> couldn't give any guess, although to say that my father is probably incorrect. When were you born? Was it before? 77. 19- yeah, not 1953? 1953, no, I was uh, just a dream. All guesses are wrong! All guesses are wrong, I'm glad to say. Phew! When I heard that Reed believed that his father required hearing aid in the form of a hearing aid, and that his father uh, is, is, is uh, hard of hearing to the annoyance of his family around him, I immediately knew what I was going to use as the cultural reference. And I'm sure there are not a few Judge John Hodgman listeners out there who join me in knowing that reference, that, of course, being the character Cuthbert Calculus, Professor Calculus from the long series of Tintin Adventures by Hergé, the British boy journalist who lives alone in a house with a drunken sailor. And Cuthbert Calculus, of course, is their... Uh, scientist friend, their genius scientist friend, who is deaf and, uh, in in as many people do, refuses to acknowledge that he is deaf, and is constantly a source of hilarity. And then Captain Haddock, the drunken sailor, yells at him and bullies him. And this happens so often in the books that you, as a reader, come to think of calculus as a buffoon. And just like Haddock, you forget that he's a genius. And in this one book. Destination Moon. Oh my God, it was so incredible. One book, Destination Moon, Calculus is forced to use a hearing aid because he's helping to design an atomic rocket that is going to take them to the moon. And so Calculus hears now for the first time his friend accusing him of acting the goat, that is being a fool. And Calculus goes into a rage and sees fit to remind him and us that he is smart, that science works, that he has led a huge facility that has built a rocket to go to the moon, whereas Haddock is a drunken sailor. And the fury felt by Calculus here, I've never forgotten it. It's fueled not just by righteousness, but by betrayal. He realizes that all this time, one of his closest friends, someone he thought was only saying good things about him, was actually insulting him to his face. And the shame Haddock feels as he realizes that Calculus now knows that he's a terrible bully is palpable. It's worth reading. Destination Moon is one of my favorite uh, 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 um, explorers on the moon is too scary and this is one that's worth reading especially since it has very few racist depictions unlike some of the other Tintin books so there you go your honor yes I would just like to tell you that that was my second guess I don't believe you Bruce you, you may be seated yeah so far Bruce can really shut his pie hole oh just like a Swedish man said told you to do oh that would be uh, uh, Bruce can really shut his pie hole yeah Another way that we another way. I speak Swedish. Oh, oh no. wow! We just got it's getting worse and worse. We just got our pie holes shut. <laughs> of of the legacy of weird dads that have been on the show, and I count myself one of them. Bruce, you are already in the lead for top five. <laughs> Thank you, uh, gentlemen. Reed, you bring the case against uh, your father. You believe he needs a hearing aid, uh, and you want me to order him to get one. Is that correct? I would like you to order him to try one, and if it pans out negatively, then he doesn't need to continue with it, but I I would like him to at least try one. Would you say that one of the best ways to try one is to get one? Uh, Maybe (laughs) borrow one? 
Yeah, I mean that seems a little gross. Honestly. I think I think what Reed is trying to say is that he's he doesn't want me to order that his father be forced to wear a hearing aid against his will and have it super glued into his ear canal, but that he should just at least give it a try. Do I speak rightly there, Reed? You are correct. All right. And what makes you feel that your father needs a hearing aid? How how old are you? How old is your father? I know you told me that you you were born in 1977, but this could be any year now, because this is a timeless podcast that will be listened to for millennia. In that case, my answer will change over time as but well. At this frozen moment in time, when we're all here together, <laughs> I'm I'm uh, 37, and my father is some years older than me. If he wants to share that, and. He's sure, I'm, I'm 69. 69 years old. Sounds like he could hear you from across the room there, Reed. Hmm. Yes. All right. Seems to be following what's going on. <laughs> oh, man, that was one of the best hmms in Judge John Hodgman history. Well, this, is a, this is a podcast made up of subtle gestures and small sounds. So, yes, I, I think that in the right circumstances, his hearing is sufficient. However, there's a large amount of evidence that uh, in other situations he could use some aid. And we will go over the evidence in a moment. But in general, you feel that his lack of hearing or his deteriorating hearing is affecting his life adversely? Uh, I don't know about his life, but us, the rest of us around him, I don't know if he is very aware of it. Okay. Bruce, Bruce, can you hear me? I can. All right. Uh, you just heard, I suppose, your son Reed telling you that uh, his, in his opinion, your deteriorating hearing is driving him crazy and that you should try a hearing aid. Why is this unfair? I would say, first of all, that aesthetically, I am unhappy wearing a hearing aid and second of all, I think that the idea of uh, inserting a hearing aid into my ear will be extremely uncomfortable. Do you disagree on the fundamental point that your hearing has deteriorated? About three years ago, I was visiting my son-in-law in Georgia, and uh, we went trap shooting. And for, unfortunately, since I didn't have my normal ear protection system... I had to use a primitive one that they had available, and I developed tinnitus mm -hmm. after that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's improved somewhat, but I, I would have to admit that my ability to hear has been affected slightly, particularly when I'm in rooms where there's other noise occurring. For those of you listening along at home and you don't know, trap shooting is a, uh, a rifle sport where you go out and you shoot a bunch of traps, trap doors, Burmese tiger traps, nets that are about to fall. You just hate traps and you shoot them. Rhetorical traps Rhetor that might be laid for you by a skilled debate team. Exactly so. No, it's uh, it's shooting at, uh, at, at clay discs, clay pigeons, right? And they go, and, and the difference between tra shooting trap and shooting skeet is what, Bruce? There's a difference in terms of how the targets are uh, thrown into the air. Uh, one of them has a, a machine that just shoots them up in the air. And the other one, you go from place to place, usually in a golf cart. And at each place that you go, this is called sporting clays. And at each place that you go, 
That's what we actually did. It wasn't actually trap shooting. Mm-hmm. You go in a golf cart and you go from place to place on this property. And in one place, the target might fly from the top left to the bottom. In another location, it might jump along the ground like a rabbit. So we actually, I actually didn't do trap shooting because I didn't think people would know what sporting clays were. But now that you asked, I've explained it. It's, a, it's, a, it's target shooting. Is there a difference between shooting skeet and shooting trap, or is that just a regionalism of some kind? They're basically the same thing. Okay, gotcha. So uh, it's target shooting with, uh, with uh, shotguns, and I've done yeah. it, and I've enjoyed it, and I've worn proper ear protection. I did not get tinnitus. Tinnitus, of course, is a persistent ringing of the ears, and also, uh, as you describe, can cause a change in your hearing perception. Uh, have, you, uh, have you seen a doctor about the tinnitus? Yes, I went to... Uh, you I saw him, but, but you didn't hear him? <laughs> I barely heard him. See, that's me. I'm, uh, that's me in weird dad in training. That's my joke. <laughs> well, I, I did. I went to UCLA to mm-hmm. a ENT specialist, and I had a hearing test, and he examined me and tried to give me... Um, uh, Reed, do you remember what the medication was? Um, Neclozine, um, maybe? No, it's a, a a drug that you use like if you have, if you, oh, I forgot what it is. Uh, I can't remember now. But he put me on a drug for a Adam while. Man? Now, it was a, uh, a steroid that he put me on. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, prednisone. Prednisone, that's mm-hmm. what it was. He put mm-hmm. me on prednisone for two weeks because he thought that might help, but it didn't. And I did have a hearing test, and the hearing, show, hearing test showed a moderate hearing loss in the range of human speech, unfortunately. So you have difficulty making out human speech from time to time? Especially if there's noise in the background. I see. And did the, did the ENT suggest that you consider a hearing aid? Mm, he suggested that it would be something I should consider. Well, that was a very apt rephrasing of my question. <laughs> <laughs> I did consider. I just, Your Honor, Your Honor, the subject of questioning here is a professional therapist, and thus his greatest professional skill is rephrasing things that you just said. Is that true, Bruce? Are you a are you a professional therapist? I'm a clinical psychologist. You are a clinical psychologist, and right? So and my son, and my son, for to, to be open and honest about it, please. is a neurologist. Ah, I see. All right, and so you are both uh, doctors of different kinds. Yes. Very good. Uh, well, uh, Judge, may I have a quick sidebar on the subject of prednisone? I'll allow it. Bruce, after you took two weeks of prednisone, how did you feel? Uh, no different. Really? You know, listeners to this show know that I am a failing human being who occasionally has to take a moment to cough phlegm. A persistent phlegmy cough has been part of my life for the past several years. It's apparently totally benign. No problems, but I would like it to not happen because it is embarrassing and sickly. And my doctor once said, well, we could, you know, it's an inflammation issue. We could try you on some prednisone. And I said, okay. So I took the prednisone and I took it for about two weeks. And my gosh, Bruce, I felt like I could fly. I was, I could breathe as a chronic asthmatic my entire life. I could breathe like I had never breathed before. I was smelling things around corners. I felt fantastic. And, and not only that, but I occasionally was having uh, bouts of uh, euphoria. And I described these to my doctor. He said, maybe we should take you off. And I'm like, no, no, it's good. I like it. And he's like, well, uh, there are some side effects. 
And when I looked up the side effects of long-term prednisone use, there are many, many, many side effects, including uh, rapid weight gain and other uh, uh, and other de- deleterious side effects. But the one, <laughs> the one that made me throw the, my remain, the remnants of my prescription right away was fat pads on neck and shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, a dowager's hump, they call it. A dowager's hump! <laughs> because, because, because <laughs> why? Because widows love prednisone? <laughs> All these widows be juicing. Oh, fat pads on neck and shoulders. It was the, it's truly one of the most disgusting array of words that I've ever heard in the English oh, language. I think also buffalo hump is used, uh. Well, I like dow- I like Dowager's hump a lot. I was not I would rather I would rather cough my lungs up on the Judge Sean Hodgson podcast, a non visual medium, than know that I was walking around with a Dowager's hump. Anyway, good for you, Bruce, for giving up the prednisone. But maybe not so good if you're if you are living with um uh, a disability. How how is how is your hearing loss affected your professional conduct as a clinical psychologist? I, I would say it's had a minor impact. Uh, it usually, because in my office it's very quiet and there's just one person speaking at a time, it doesn't affect me much. But there are times when I do have to put my hand over by my ear in order to hear some of the things that are being said. That's the only way in which it's affected my practice. Very, I would say, minor. It's more of an of an effect and more of an impact in my everyday life. Like if I go to a restaurant with people and there's a lot of noise in the restaurant, I have trouble, a lot of trouble, hearing what the other people I'm with are saying. And does this include your son? Yes. Well, why do you want to hear what he has to say? Well, if he's going to attack me like he is on this show... Uh, I certainly don't. I mean, to be honest, Judge, the evidence suggests that he doesn't want to hear what he has to say. <laughs> the reason we're here. The reason the reason we're here is that he hears what his son has to say and doesn't like it. So maybe the whole case should be thrown out. Frankly, I would think that uh, loss of hearing in your in your psychological practice would be a benefit because then you you don't have to listen to what those dum dums have to say because you know you know what to tell them. Go stop fighting. Anyway. Um, Reed, what is the experience like of living with your father since he shot his ear off with a shotgun or whatever it is he did? Yeah, I, sh- I should point out that this hearing loss of his preceded the incident in question, mm-hmm. um, although it was probably worsened by that event that he described. And how? And w- what evidence do you have that uh, it, it preceded this uh, this incident? Uh, probably for many years now, he calls my mom mumbles. Oh, is that her? Is that her given name? <laughs> it is not. What is it? Is it her surname? <laughs> is your is your mother's first name Mumblina? Yes, it's a. Uh, Does she a have a dowager's hump? <laughs> I, I should clarify also that the dowager's hump and buffalo hump, while both complications of steroid use are related to different etiologies. The, the buffalo hump is the collection of fat. The dowager's hump occurs from osteoporosis, which causes bone fractures oh, and I therefore see. a postural change. All right. So, I'm glad we clarified um, that. It, yes. Um, in, in any case, um, yes, but he refers to my mom as mumbles, even when the rest of us are around and hearing her perfectly fine. I object. So, Bruce, you... 
I'll allow it. What is the basis for your objection? Well, because uh, he, uh, the plaintiff did not uh, mention the very infrequent number of times that this has occurred. Is Mumble, what is your wife's name? Do you know? <laughs> yes, her name is Helene. And do you refer to her as Mumbles? Uh, perhaps on one or two occasions I might have used that, uh, that descriptive term. And why? Because it appears to me that she's mumbling. It appears to you. But is she mumbling, Reed, or no? I don't believe so. And, and the article which I sent you from the Cleveland Clinic states one of the first signs of significant hearing loss is that other people are constantly complaining that other people are mumbling. So this is the Cleveland Clinic hearing loss guide that you sent to me. You, compl- the, you may notice a number of early warning signs and changes in your behavior that may be related to hearing loss, Bruce. You may begin to complain that uh, people are mumbling. And not only that, you give them, uh, not only do you complain that they're mumbling, but you give them derogatory nicknames and are cruel to them. What other evidence do you provide, Reed? So um, often I'll call his house or my parents' house, and if I call from a cell phone, he essentially can't hear anything and then demands that I call him from a copper wire. (laughs) Bruce, do you use the term copper wire to stand in for a landline telephone? Yes, I do. Good for and, and I would like to comment on this, if I might. Oh, I don't doubt you would, might, like <laughs> okay. that. Go, stand by. So, first of all, for, but I may, I may need to obviate your need for comment, because first of all, calling a landline a copper wire is the best. This is why you're in the top five of weird dads. Now I will allow your comment, and I bet I'll agree with it. I, I would like to just, since he uh, apparently used some evidence, presented some evidence, I'm going to read to you from Consumers Reports... Uh, April 30th, 2014, and here's what it says. I'll just make this very brief. It says, in our tests, voice quality for talking and listening on cordless home phones were generally much better than that of the best cell phones. Important if you suffer from a hearing loss, your household is noisy, or if you spend a lot of time on the phone, especially in a home office. And I would also like to quote from a very credible source, Fox News, uh, an article entitled, Sorry, Cell Phone, Why Landlines Still Rock. And here's what it says. It says you know, Bruce, 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 yeah. I'm going to stop you right there because you're basically entering evidence, documentary evidence that the sky is blue, that the sun shines, and the third man is a good movie. It, everyone agrees. The cell phone, talking on a cell phone is terrible. What's it's, really important is that landlines rock. <laughs> well, this is this is how Fox News has juiced up news coverage in order to attract younger viewers. That's right, like me. Uh, yeah, uh, I I throw out this piece of evidence, Reed, because a calling a landline a copper wire is is it rocks, and b no one can hear anything on a cell phone, so that means nothing. Do you have any other yeah, evidence? Sorry, Reed? cell phone. Even when calling him on the copper wire, if my mother is on a different extension in the house and they're both talking to me, typically the experience will be that he'll say, all right, I can't hear a thing you're saying. You're mumbling. Uh, When your mother gets off the phone, I'll talk to you then. He's now accusing you of being Mumbles Jr. I'm not going to deny that I've said that. All right. Any other uh, other evidence? Mm -hmm. He, uh, this past... uh, Past year, he had my aunt and uncle over 
and stayed with uh, my parents at their home. And uh, they they complained that my father had the TV in their bedroom too loud. In their bedroom? And in in my parents' bedroom. Okay, my so father had his TV on. Your too dad loud. and Mumbles were watching uh, watching uh, late show with with Stephen Colbert. Yes. And, and it was too loud. It was too loud, and my father respo- responded by telling them that that was the appropriate volume, and he put a fan in their room so that they wouldn't have to hear it. Did he? Let me ask you this question. And this is really important. Two questions. One. You say your aunt and uncle. Is this your your father's sister or brother? No, it's the uh, my my mother's uh, in law in laws. Okay, yes. Got yes, for him, right? Now I want you to remember this very carefully. Was the fan a box fan, and did he put it in a closed room and shut the door? Did he put it in their room and shut the door? You think that they might be afraid of being killed? Yeah, I think he was trying to murder them. <laughs> Yeah, I think he was using uh, German-Korean wind devils to murder them. Bruce, were you using German and or Korean wind devils in a box fan to murder them? It was a tower fan. Was the door closed? (laughs) I (laughs) made sure to close the door. Yes, you made sure that... There, da- like damned with his own words. Those those portions of the question which he chose to answer are very telling. Indeed. Uh, all, all right. Well, it's hard to distinguish whether or not this is evidence of hearing loss or just him trying to drive his in-laws crazy. Any other evidence? Yes. Uh, when we go to watch a movie or on uh, television shows, often he can't understand what the characters are saying, particularly... I think that's hearsay. Hearsay. <laughs> but, that, what? No, it's not hearsay. He was there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Particularly if it's a foreign accent, like in Game of Thrones or in Downton Abbey, which are shows I think he would enjoy. He cannot watch them because uh, apparently all the characters mumble. Is his favorite character from Downton Abbey the Dowager Countess? (laughs) Because of her witticism slash hump. (laughs) Uh, All right, Bruce, you've heard the evidence laid before you. Reed, how do you, how does it make you feel? You obviously live not far from your father. You obviously have affection for him and you, and your mother mumbles. And and you obviously like to socialize, talk with him on the phone, etc. Can you give your father a sense of how this makes you feel when you are accused of mumbling when you are not or when you are in a movie theater and he can't hear a thing and complains what is the adverse effect upon you and your relationship with your father uh i think he misses out on some no i want you to say it to your dad say okay say father dr father dr father i i think that you miss out on the chance to participate in in some activities fully because you don't always hear the things that that are being said either by us or by uh third parties um i would i would have you remember when I was a child and, and my uncle Seymour was very hard of hearing and we would dread having to be put on the phone with him because he couldn't hear anything. And we would have to yell repeatedly into the, there was no conversation. I certainly don't want you to end up in a situation like that where your non-existent grandchildren aren't speaking to you. 
Bruce, who's no, thank Uncle, you, son. Who is Uncle Seymour? Uh, he was my mother's brother. I see. <clears throat> and, and he uh, his his most common comment when you spoke to him was pardon. And was he someone who acknowledged that he had poor hearing? I would say that he did. And he did have hearing aids. And he did. Bruce, here's another question with regard to the evidence laid before you. Are you enjoying this on some level? Like telling your brother and sister-in-law to shut up and put a box fan in their room? <laughs> and, and, and getting out of... Getting out of uh, conference calls with your with your wife and your son by saying I can't hear either of you. Do you en- do you, do you enjoy as many weird dads have admitted to over the course of the Judge Sean Hodgman podcast to poking your family a little bit with a stick for your own amusement? No, I will not admit that. All right, you will not admit it, or it is not true. I'm, I'm not going to admit such thing. All right, Reed. What is what does your mother think about all of this? Because we haven't really heard from her. Unless she's on the line and she's just been mumbling this whole time and I haven't heard her. <laughs> uh, I think she she agrees with us, but she's uh, very shy. I understand. And is there, uh, with regard to uh, a hearing aid, uh, do I understand correctly, Bruce, you've never, have, you've never tried one? Well, <clears throat> here is the, uh, something that I don't know that my son is aware of. Uh, a few weeks ago, I wrote to a company called Eargo that makes hearing aids and they had an offer and they sent me two uh, hearing they're, they're the hearing aids without the electronics in them and you stick them into your ears so you can see what it feels like and I have them right in front of me mm-hmm. and I put them in my ear and they were very uncomfortable and I couldn't tolerate having them and I took them out after about two minutes mm-hmm. and just I was a little concerned that you guys were uh, buzz marketing ergo you were ergo plants on the podcast but now that oh. now that the 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 message is these are terrible things to have in my ear no uh, i didn't i, I can, didn't like them at all i can now say that i am now looking at the ergo website and this does look like it is positioning itself to be the iphone of uh hearing aids it's, yes. all, it's all very sleek and and designed but the ergo itself l- looks like some combination of a weird fly fishing lure with, mm. with extra, extra little uh, 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 latex tendrils coming out of it, and right. And those tendrils are supposed to supposed to be what holds it into your ear, right? And so it looks like a combination of a fly fishing lure and that thing they put in Chekhov's ear in Wrath of Khan, Star yes. Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. So it looks they, they rather than and, and no offense, here go your product may be great because no one doubts that Bruce is a cantankerous opinionated man with just one opinion but uh these things look scary to me but you were uncomfortable but you did not they didn't you tried them on without the benefit of the electronics correct they were not whose phone is that that's mine yes off now ah so loud (laughs) case closed (laughs) turn it off he can't hear that. So, <laughs> excuse him. Oh, <laughs> uh, so loud. Is your phone ringer always so loud? Well, I do have a noise-canceling headphones on for this podcast. This is like when Robert Reed and the Brady Bunch, the dad, threw down the attache case during the court case and made, ah, oh, it's going again. <laughs> Proof positive right here in the court. That was the most dramatic 
moment in, in Judge John Hodgman history. You, you just lost this case, Bruce. You just lost it so loud. Reed, is there, with regard to hearing aids, is there a cost issue? I mean, is because hearing aids can be pretty expensive. Really good ones can get up in the thousands of dollars. Is that a, a factor here? Do you think? Is there an ins- insurance will cover it or not? Or I would, I would be uh, willing to forego some of my inheritance to have him get whatever uh, hearing aid he likes. Let me let me put it this way: Are you willing to pay for them out of your own pocket? You're a neurologist. Yes, uh, right. that's fine. All right. Uh, one last question, Bruce, before I go to make my decision in my in my silent room. Uh, you mentioned you do not aesthetically like hearing aids. Yes. Uh, uh, what do you think? What do you think? What are you, you going to go? What are you going to go out there and pick up a lot of young women? Come on, dude. What do you have? Super beautiful ears. Well, you think uh, you and your ears are going to go out on the town? <laughs> You're a grown man. <laughs> you, you and your you and your two wingmen, beautiful ear one and beautiful ear two. When you put these things in your ears, there's a little uh, sort of nylon piece that comes out so that you can pull it out. Um, All right, that's and, en- uh, that's enough. I've heard. I've heard enough. I'm going. I'm going into my chambers to make my decision. I'll be back in a moment. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Bruce. So if your ENT suggested that you consider having a hearing aid, why did you decide to ignore his suggestion? I wouldn't say that he suggested that I have a hearing aid. What he did was say that it was something that I could consider. But you discarded it because your ears are so beautiful. Well, I I ignored his uh, suggestion because uh, of two reasons. First, because I, I didn't care for the aesthetic look of having nylon pieces sticking out of my ears. And second of all, because then, after I was pressured into this by my son, I contacted this company and had these sample uh, hearing aids sent to me, and I didn't like the way they felt. Do you think there are other types of hearing aids or just the one? No, there are other types, but they all have to go in your ear. Read. Why do you keep hassling your dad? He's, he's an old man, clearly. We can tell. He's grumpy. He doesn't really want to listen to people. He calls everyone mumbles. We would like to enjoy the time that we have left with him as much as possible and be able to share with, uh, with him his thoughts. And when the time comes, you'll close his bedroom door and turn on the box fan <laughs> and let the demons do their work. Well, we'll see what Judge John Hodgman has to say about this case when we come back in just a second. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2020, 2024, 2020, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. 
And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. So I had my hearing test some time ago, uh, a couple years ago, and I was told that I had perfect hearing. I had the hearing of a five-year-old child. And that was why I was able to hear through the thick, padded, insulated walls of my chambers. Uh, Dr. Bruce starting to say to Jesse, I don't think this is really about the hearing aid. And before I give my verdict and my sentence, uh, Dr. Bruce, I'd like to let you uh, express your feelings there. It sounds like you found a, a crux to this matter uh, that you would like to present. There, is there something else going on here? I think this is about trying to control me. And you're a free bird. That's correct. They want to stick uh, devices in my ears against my will. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. <laughs> We, You're awesome. Well, I am glad. I am glad that you uh, had that chance to speak, Bruce, because it has given a rather dystopian gloss to this entire proceeding that I enjoy very much and did not know was there. It is of concern to this court when uh, children of obviously uh, lively, 
intelligent and independent weird dads attempt to control and constrain their weirdness uh, for reasons of their own as a as a kind of uh, uh, maturation ritual. Now it's my turn to tell dad what to do. And the court is always sensitive to that kind of filial uh, manipulation. But I think the evidence is pretty compelling, uh, Bruce, that uh, you are, I mean, you acknowledge that you are suffering from some minor hearing loss in both ears. You have a doctor who has acknowledged this, who who has looked at your ears and go, yep, there's a problem. Here's a way you could solve the problem. You've chosen to reject that problem for aesthetic reasons. Um, and that there you uh, uh, do not dispute that this causes some problems in your life in terms of hearing your family on uh, on the telephone when you're all talking on the telephone together, particularly in, in all kinds of situations like that where there are competing noises in your world that make it hard for you to distinguish between them. And, and, and the question before this court and really before you is whether this is purely your problem to tolerate uh, or whether your uh, unwillingness to uh, seek treatment for it is a burden uh, on your family such that um, me, a person you don't know who has no legal standing whatsoever, should order you to stick a thing in your ear against your will. This court is founded in the principle that everyone should have free will and self-determination so long as they're not hurting anybody else. This is the principle that weird dads should be allowed to be as weird as they need to be. Because weird dads are confronting, as I know myself, issues that uh, young neurologists aren't. 37-year-old neurologist, you, got, you rule the world. Weird dads, you know, we're growing mustaches announcing to the world that uh, we are evolutionarily finished. We no longer require... We are no longer required to procreate because our genetic material is out there. We no longer deserve affection. It's now time to focus on our weird dad hobbies like world, you know, like uh, uh, war trivia and crying at the commercials uh, and TV shows and, uh, and coming up with weird puns. Weird dads need these things to console themselves. And it's particularly hard to console yourself when there is something that physically that you used to be great at, such as running or jumping or hearing or seeing, that through no fault of your own, uh, just the fault of 1,200 explosions, you are not so good at anymore. And even though Bruce's ears are surely no more beautiful than anyone else's ears, he has a right to not want to deface them with cyborg implants because it, even though no other human in the world will see those things sticking out of his ears. And if they do, they don't care. Bruce knows they're there. They're a reminder every day that he is infirm uh, in this in this one way, and that is uh, demoralizing. So in general, I feel that uh, th- that at this stage, since we've obvious, since Bruce's uh, uh, inconvenience to the rest of you tends to be laugh-offable to the most part right now, um, I, I want to respect Bruce's opinion and decision, but I can't. And here's why. First of all, uh, having been around myself, people who have hearing loss, who refuse to acknowledge it, it is 
not merely frustrating, it is also emotionally draining because it causes uh, the, because the denial of hear lo- hearing loss, even when people are constantly having to speak louder and compensate for this uh, uh, un- unadmitted to infirmity, uh, has has a it, it's it's especially if it's a loved one, and clearly this is a loved one in this case. Uh, it it has an emotional component where it's just like there's something. Why can't you just acknowledge this so that we can we can hear each other? So there's that. I don't know that you're precisely at Uncle Seymour range yet, but Uncle Seymour is in your blood. And the further it gets to that and the less action you take, the more you are driving your family and your patients and the world away. And I don't, that may be something that you want to do, but I don't think you should want to do it. And even then, if that were your choice, I would say that you have acted in bad faith because not only did you buzz market a weird fly fishing in in ear canal hearing aid on my podcast, but you also are using that as evidence that you tried it out. Now look, sticking things in your ear or having them stuck in your ear by by a neurologist who happens to be your son against your will, obviously that's going to be uncomfortable. Any kind of uh, adjustment to an infirmity that involves sticking something in an orifice, it will be uncomfortable. And, and, and there's no question in my mind that it was uncomfortable. But you didn't give it a fair shot because you only used the dummy slugs. You didn't actually get to benefit from the technology that they were offering you. So you didn't get a chance and you didn't allow yourself a chance to see if the benefits outweighed the cons of this thing in your ear. Because you had made a predetermined decision to not like it. And I think that to say that you tried one out without even the benefit uh, is not enough. I think given your medical history, the advice of your doctor, the pleadings of your son, you owe it to yourself and your family to test out at least one or two different styles of hearing aid with them actually turned on to see if it benefits your life. If at the end of the day, you determine personally on your own that it does not benefit your life dramatically and you would rather not have a thing hanging off of your beautiful ears, I will accept that judgment as I will insist that your son do. But when you make that decision after trying this out for a little while, don't just ask yourself, ask Mumbles and Mumbles Jr. if they've noticed a difference. And how they feel about it. And then you, because we do not live in a dystopia where we put things in people's ears without their permission, you can make the decision whether to continue with the experiment, either based on your own experience or the experience, or insofar as you are willing to accept the experience of your family. But I don't think that you've given it a fair shot. And therefore, uh, with great humility to my elder and my fellow weird dad, I do so order that you consult with a hearing aid specialist and try out, even if just in a, in, in a controlled area, uh, uh, a couple of different styles uh, of hearing aids. They have hearing aids now uh, that uh, that can connect to your phone, so you can Bluetooth on your on your hearing aid. You can Bluetooth into your ear your television. So I mean, now I'm thinking about getting it. I want to be a cyborg.
So I do think you have to give it a fair shot. You have not done so far. I therefore find in the favor of the plaintiff. This is the sound of a gavel. He's acting the what? Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Reed, you've prevailed in the case. How do you feel? I'm very happy that I'll get a chance to see if this works out for him. Do you think we can find him something that's not uncomfortable or aesthetically objectionable? Uh, His quote beforehand was that he didn't want tubes hanging out of his ears. So I think... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think that uh, that can be achieved, certainly, uh, but we'll have to see. Bruce, how are you feeling? Uh, I heard the judge loud and clear. I'm very glad to hear that. Oh, you know he was sitting on that one, Bailiff Jesse. He's been <laughs> yeah, well, sitting on that one from, from the top. Look, Ever since he realized he was going to lose. <laughs> I, feel, I feel you, Bruce. I really do. And I want to reiterate to your son, who I think is rubbing his hands together in glee a little too gleefully. Sure, that's true. That this is this is at the end of the day, after a fair trial, your decision. But remember, you like Cuthbert Calculus are a, are a person of science, right? You are you you know the names of all the steroids. You take medication. You do not deny science's ability to help people in life. Do not let your vanity uh, get in the way of science if it can help you. Thank you. Reed, Bruce, thank you for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. And thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I will abide by the judge's ruling. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Well, it's great to be back together again, Judge Hodgman. I love you, Jesse. I love you, too. (laughs) We're not joking. (laughs) A couple of guys who love each other. Um, (laughs) Jesse, you got anything coming up? Hey, I'm going out on tour with Bullseye, uh, my NPR show. We are going to be interviewing some amazing people, uh, having some amazing live music and comedy performances. It's really going to be a blast. It's all happening in November, the week before Thanksgiving, uh, in Los Angeles, uh, Brooklyn, New York City, um, uh, let's see, Boston, Massachusetts, Washington, D.C., and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 
the birthplace of our great nation. Um, you can find all the information about it at bullseyetour.com. And you and I, Judge Hodgman, are doing an event together in New York, in Manhattan, uh, at the Green Space at WNYC, where I'm going to be doing my talk, Make Your Thing, which is about making independent media. And then afterwards, uh, you are going to be moderating a Q&A, uh, which, at which time people are welcome to stand up and just tell me to shut my pie hole. No, no one tell Jesse to shut his pie hole. In fact, listen closely to Jesse's pie hole. That's my advice. It's, he's got a lot of great things to say, and that's going to be a great event at the Green Space. I look forward to being there and saying hi to everyone. Yeah, and uh, anyone anyone in L.A., Philly, New York, Boston, Washington, D.C., uh, please go to bullseyetour.com. Get your tickets now. It's really going to be a blast, I promise. I might go down to Philly for that one, and, and then you and I can go have some food at Little Pete's. Oh, my, that sounds good. My and Paul F. Tompkins' favorite diner in Philadelphia that's about to be destroyed. Uh, do they have Scrapple there? Buh, yes, they do. Okay, great. I'm in. By the time you hear this, my Vacation Land shows in Portland and San Francisco this weekend are surely sold out. In fact, I know they're sold out because the San Francisco one just sold out today. However, uh, if you saw the show in Toronto or Atlanta or any of the other great places that I've visited so far and you enjoyed it, I hope you will let the people of Orlando, Florida and Durham, North Carolina know that I'll be at the Plaza Live in Orlando on October 23rd and the beautiful Carolina Theater on October 24th. I will have Judge Sean Hodgman t-shirts, Vacation Land posters by Adam Hughes to sign and two hands ready for shaken. On November 10th, I'll be performing at Ohio University with Jordan Klepper in Athens, Ohio. I'm splitting the set with Jordan. You know Jordan, of course, uh, as a, a correspondent on The Daily Show. Uh, you love him. This will not be a full Vacation Land show. However, Jordan is incredibly funny. And even though it's a university event, it's open to the public. Links to tickets for all of these shows, as always, are at johnhodgman.com slash tour. I just want to say I have seen the Vacation Land uh, uh, show. It's a really beautiful, moving, and hilarious evening of entertainment that you really won't want to miss. And it's a side of the illustrious judge that we get to see sometimes here on Judge John Hodgman, but a lot of times folks don't get to see on The Daily Show or something where... Uh, you're doing some where you're doing some uh, know-it-all shtick. Uh, I'm just getting is, up there and telling true stories about my life. And it's really funny too. Like I'm, I, I want to make it clear that this isn't some. Uh, I put on a different hat now. I'm a different character, solo theater baloney. This is a hilarious but also touching show. So, I really hope people take the take the chance to get out and see it. The show's been going amazingly well, and I have to say to the city of Toronto. Uh, both shows, and 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 I don't mind saying, especially that huge theater, the Queen Elizabeth Theater. What an uh, incredible night that was for me, and uh, I'm very grateful. So thank you so much to everyone who's come out for the shows. It is always better when you are there. Who produces and edits this show, Jesse? Oh, it's uh, Julia Smith and Mark McConville. This week's show was named by Jaron James. If you want to name future episodes of the show, be sure that you're following us on Twitter. I'm at Jesse Thorne. The judge is at Hodgman. And that you've liked Judge John Hodgman on Facebook and joined the Maximum Fun group on Facebook. You can also join us on Reddit at MaximumFun.Reddit.com, probably the only subreddit in the world uh, with no people acting like mean babies. Uh, it is a really wonderful, warm, delightful community. Great place to talk about your favorite Judge John Hodgman cases. And, of course, you can always submit your case to Judge John Hodgman at MaximumFun.org slash JJHo. No case too big or small. Uh, we take a look at them all. MaximumFun.org slash JJHo. And that's all for this week's Judge John Hodgman. Glad to be back. 
And finally, hello, Wahida. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.